0: Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinsoff, and I'm here with Joseph Tillman. How are you today This on this day? On this day, this I am
1: incredibly swell. How was yesterday? Yesterday was really awesome, actually. How was tomorrow? We will find out what tomorrow is tomorrow.
0: This week, we are continuing our topic on how judgy church people are something like that yeah Mm -hmm. well we're gonna start talking about that right now here we go non -non non-christian comes to church Mm -hmm. and they like porn okay and they watch it all the time okay every day okay that's all they do okay he can stay yeah okay he can stay and and what do you do what do you do what do i do yeah with, with that individual?
1: Yes. I do the same thing that I'm going to do with any individual that starts coming to our church. I want to get to know them. Okay. Okay. I want to, so I want to find out what's going on in their lives. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm being invest, you know, vesting in, into them and investing my time
0: into them. Try not to shake their hand too often. I'm so not going there, Nate. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I, uh, I, I will engage
1: with them like in, in any other person that's coming and visiting the church. I, I think the biggest thing for anyone coming in, let's say they have something like this where whether it's addiction to porn, addiction to drugs, add, you know whatever mm-hmm. right. One thing I, the only thing I ever get concerned about there is are they openly like promoting it in terms of like trying to push an agenda or, or drawing people in?
0: Are they there to corrupt people? Correct. Yeah. I mean,
1: okay. like, what's their intention, right? Okay. But if they're there and they're like, hey, I just want to know more about God, this God thing. I want to know more of this church thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. We're good. And that would be true for someone addicted to pornography, someone addicted to drugs, someone. So as long as they're not trying to push an agenda, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Okay. And because, like, if they're like, well, I just want to know more about God or I want to know more about church. I want to, yeah. you know, I'm going through a tough time in my life. I feel like this was a good place to come. Yeah. You know, we're good. Okay. We're absolutely good. And so, and and then my prayer is that we will disciple him or her into a relationship with Jesus.
0: Okay. You don't tell them that what they're doing is wrong, or do you? If, they, if they're telling me about it, mm-hmm. right, and they're asking me about it, then I might say,
1: hey, there's, I know there's a better way okay. of living. Okay. I know this isn't healthy for you. And so I may go like down that road. But I'm not putting like ultimatums on them. Mm. But I may share, you know, hey, it's not only healthy it's not only not healthy for you, but hey, are you aware mm-hmm. of the the harm that is being done to others who are in this, for example, in pornography, in the porn industry, mm-hmm. right? I would I would share that stuff as well. Okay. Again, if if we're just in the midst of having a conversation and that topic's brought up.
0: Okay. So you don't bring it up until they do. I mean, I wouldn't know, right?
1: Right. You know, okay. Unless they brought it up to me,
0: right? Non-Christian comes to church. You're not. You're not asking them what sins they're up to, right? Okay.
1: Yeah. Glad they're there. Glad to sit down and talk and ask questions and answer questions and try to be a friend and again, hopefully, disciple them into a relationship with Jesus.
0: Okay. So then they become a Christian. Okay. Because they read the the verse.
1: John 3:16
0: after you made them repeat it okay <laughs> but they wanted to they wanted to okay then what so they've
1: become a christian Yes. okay and so uh, at that point i want to go back to also let's say we've had the porn conversation prior to them becoming a christian okay, okay? so i'm aware of what's going on uh-huh. and so now, now they've come to know jesus i'm going to i'm going to assume at that point that the holy spirit is working within their lives to to help say to help show them that hey this is this is not—there's a better way of living than this.
0: And that's a grounded assumption? I think that's a grounded assumption. Okay.
1: You know, again, it's going to differ from person to person, right? Right. Like, some of it's going to depend on, like, what is what is in the Bible? Like, I don't know if I would have fully grasped that from point one of me becoming a Christian. If someone sits down with me, walks through Scripture, right, so I know this is an issue going on in their life— well, now I'm only concerned about this. It's not just about the sin they're in. It's about the destructive nature of this particular sin, mm. right? I know that pornography can, is, is actually a dist- uh, an addiction that is very destructive. Okay. okay. So now I'm wanting to help them get out of this addiction.
0: Okay. And what if they are now a Christian mm-hmm. and continue to tell you that they don't think it's wrong? So then, I mean, I'm not just going to kick them out immediately,
1: Okay. I'm going to give them some time. If they're, I mean, they're a baby Christian. They're just coming to know the Lord and they're in discipleship groups and those kind of things. And so, and I'm not going to sit here and like put a time limit on it. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't think I can do that as a pastor. I think it really does depend individually from person to person what's going on with them. And so that then I'm going to sit there and say, all right, hopefully they're in discipleship groups and that kind of thing. And I'm going to trust that the Lord is going to work in this. And I'm, my prayer is that they'll come to the point where they go, I know that I. I know I should not be doing this, but I don't know any other way to live. Okay, we can work with that. Okay, but um, so I'm not going to sit here put a time frame on. Well, they've got two months, or well, they got three months. They better get this thing worked out and figured out. Like I'm, I, I'm, I'm willing to trust the Holy Spirit enough in their life.
0: So this is the non-judgmental way of approaching it that the church should be doing. I know every pastor is going to take this
1: and handle it completely like in different ways. I, yeah. I get that. I'm just I can only say for me. Okay. I, I do think the church has a responsibility and a role of of walking alongside people, desiring for them to grow in Jesus. Mm. Trusting the Holy Spirit is going to work in their life, right? So maybe the Holy okay. Sp- maybe the Holy Spirit is not convicting them of this particular sin yet. but I'm seeing evidence that the Holy Spirit is convicting them in an issue with, let's say pride. And they're talking to me about how the Holy—so they're still engaging in pornography. They're talking to me about how the Holy Spirit is convicting them
0: and their pride. About other things. About other things. So they're getting better as a person, even though they're still living in sin in other ways. Yeah.
1: So I'm not—and I'm not worried just about them being a better person, right? Okay. And so I want them to— be transformed into the nature and the character of Christ, because I know it's not only better for them, but I, I know that that is actually them becoming more whole. Okay? okay, as 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 an individual who's now following Jesus. So, and it because it's got to work its way not just from the outside to the end, but the inside to the out. In other words, I can't just be focused just on actions. I want their heart, their mind, to be transformed so as well. So the
0: Holy Spirit's working on their heart. Yeah that's what i'm trusting in in some way in or some another. Way, another so this this so, living in sin sin that yeah. they're doing is okay for the for, moment for for a moment okay
1: yeah and again i'm not going to sit here and say what cuz so much is going to depend on what evidence i'm seeing in their lives in other areas in other words in their conversations with me okay or their conversations with the, you know whoever they're. They're being discipled by, like, are they talking about what the Holy Spirit is showing them, what the Holy Spirit's doing in them, and that kind of thing? Mm. Are they growing in the Lord, or are they just like, well, I got saved, I don't really care about the Holy Spirit changing me, well, I don't really, I don't really make any changes. Okay, then I'd sit there and go, well, I don't, I'm not sure this is, <laughs> I'm not sure where their trajectory is headed at that point. Mm. Because I would hope, this is what my hope would be. My hope would be when they came to know Jesus and put their faith in Christ, they understood that they were going to, have to count their cost. You know, they, in other words, none of us can just remain the same when we say yes to Jesus. Like we know mm-hmm. that there's going to be a requirement of us and uh, to lay down some things, start looking like him. So my prayer is just that again, over whatever the X period of time is that they will have a revelation. Okay. This is not okay. This is not healthy I need to get out of this addiction.
0: So they stopped watching threesome porn, and now they're watching two people porn, and that's in the right direction. I don't think it's
1: about that. Okay. I think it's just about do they they see that they've got to the Holy Spirit wants to set them free from this particular thing, right? Completely. Completely. Okay. Because, like, what you talked about, like, the, the example you gave, I mean, they're, they're, they're in a full-blown addiction to this, right? Right. I mean, there's no difference between them at this point and someone who's addicted to drugs or addicted to alcohol, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, I'm, you, and you know that by default of that, that's just destroying their life and their mm-hmm. livelihood. And so you're wanting to see them get free from that. Like, I want to see that person be set free. And so that's why I'm not going to kick them out immediately. I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to work on them and believe that he will. And and, and again, it's up to them if, he's, if if they're going to cooperate with the Holy Spirit or not. Mm. Right. Yeah. But at some point I would have a sit down conversation and say, hey, do you know that having your heart just full of lust and sexually objectifying people is, is not okay? Right. Like that's... Like that's that's not congruent with walking with the Lord, and so I'm. Um, my prayer is that their answer would be, yeah, I know that. I just, I just I just don't know how to stop.
0: So then, to take us out of this conversation, okay? People think that everything that you just said is judgmental. Sometimes, okay? Right? How am I being judgy? You are telling someone that the way that they live mm-hmm. is. Wrong. Okay. Whether you're trying to do it in a nice way or in not a nice way. Right. So how do you deal with that idea? That I'm not,
1: that I'm judging. Right. Or that I'm not being tolerant right. of people's choices and decisions on how they want to live their life. Right. Okay. I think this is where I really start having an issue with the idea of what tolerance is. Okay. Okay. Because tolerance has now become understood as not only am I going to tolerate something, but I'm going to affirm it. Accept right. it, right? Right. So if I'm being asked to tolerate a behavior, I'm really being asked to accept it and even affirm it. Mm. Okay. None of us are fully tolerant. Right. Because if someone comes and just, you know, starts bashing in your car with a bat, you're not tolerant of that action. Mm. You're going to be pretty intolerant of that action. We all have things that we are intolerant of. And we don't think we should need to own that. Like, we all have things that we're intolerant of. So much of what—and I I understand that the worldview that I'm coming from, right, in a a sense of a biblical worldview, is going to automatically clash with a postmodern worldview. Okay. I get that those, those two worldviews are going to clash like crazy. OK, because I'm going to say there is a that morality is objective. Mm. And someone else on the, on the postmodern side is going to say, no, morality is completely subjective. Mm. It's completely relative. OK. And so I understand those worldviews are completely at odds from point one.
0: Isn't and- that statement somewhat true, though, because uh, objectively true that morality is subjective? Because of the amount of different moral standards that exist on Earth, yeah. From a from a yeah, I agree with that. Okay, but what
1: I'm but where postmodern takes it to is that morality should always be relative to the person.
0: So, objectively, morality is always (laughs) someone's subjective. subjective, (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so like,
1: yes, they're making it they're actually making an exclusive truth claim, right? That, that morality is subjective. Right. It's actually an exclusive truth claim okay. in the same way that I'm making an exclusive truth claim on the other side.
0: You're making the exclusive objective truth claim that morality is... Objective. Objective, instead <laughs> yeah. of the other way around, right. which I'm making an exclusive objective truth claim that morality is subjective. <laughs> right. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... And so, but okay, so but what I'm
1: saying is because these worldviews do exist, the postmodern worldview performed by it, that's where that idea of tolerance is coming from, Mm. right? That I need to tolerate your moral decisions or your life decisions because they're yours to make. And the problem with that is not only does it clash with the biblical worldview, it's not it doesn't hold true, right? All of
0: us are gonna set lines in the sand of where your action is not okay with me. Mm. Okay? So this is where the two different types of judgment that you were describing before come mm-hmm. into play. Where I'm I feel like I'm being judged for something that is at church that mm-hmm. is against their their standard mm-hmm. or I'm being judged for something that is against my standard. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so,
1: yeah, perfect. And so, okay. yeah, because in a postmodern worldview, with the idea of way that tolerance has been defined within that worldview, it is my standard right. that matters okay, right. for morality or how I'm going to choose to live. And so when anyone tells me I'm wrong, that feels offensive. Right. That feels judgmental. Mm-hmm. That feels intolerant but the reality is from a biblical side of things and i'm holding a biblical worldview that no but there is an objective morality that is based in a god who is objectively good who is objectively true who is objectively pure who is objectively holy and we know this god or he's revealed himself and these truths and this and and his morality in Scripture, when people hear what we're talking about today and they're like, well, that pastor, Joseph, is a jerk. And how dare he tell someone that uh, that they're wrong for something, for anything? Well, you know, for me, I'm, I'm adhering to a, a morality that I believe is based in Scripture. So right. I'm trying to—so whether it's the idea of gossip or whether it's the idea of, you know, sexuality, sexual ethics, whatever it is— I'm doing the best that I can to understand Scripture and to say, well, this is what Scripture says about it. So therefore, this is the morality I'm upholding. Understanding that other people are going to have different definitions of morality and of what is moral to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I have to, I, I have to, like, I realize that. But I think what I guess I would say is, like, I fully believe that we have been formed and made, all of us by a personal creator God who has been revealed to us through Jesus Christ and through Scripture, and that to be who we've been fully created to be is actually to align ourselves according to the likeness and character of Jesus, according to the moral standard that's given to us in Scripture, and then that, that is where joy and peace and all the rest come from. Mm. And that when we're living outside of that— we're actually robbing ourselves of the opportunity to experience greater joy and greater peace. That's my perspective, and so again, um, just like you said earlier, I understand people are going to come in and they're going to be offended immediately or call me intolerant immediately because I'm because um, I'm because I'm actually saying there's such a thing as sin that's right. objectively true for all people, right? That's what part of the postmodern worldview issue, is there cannot be, or there's a rejection of a metanarrative or a, a grand story being invoked on all people at all times and all places.
0: When someone is coming to you with mm-hmm. an objective morality of subjectivity that <laughs> clashes with what you're saying, that when you say, this is my objective standard for morality... Mm-hmm. When you say that, just saying that uh-huh. and saying, "Hey, these are what I believe," that, sure. that should not be considered judgment from you as a pastor or as a no, church member. No, it shouldn't be. And that that should I, not be considered. That. It
1: shouldn't be a judgment in this sense. It shouldn't be a judgment in the sense that I'm telling you that you're a that you are just uh, a horrible, despicable person, or that I don't like you. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think some part of that, like it, everything, becomes so personal. Right. And I think that's part of this too. Everything okay. is taken as so personal. The reality is that I'm not attacking you as, as I, I, like, I still can love you and still can be your friend mm. and simultaneously speak truth to you in regards to actions and behaviors mm. that align themselves with Scripture, right? I think that's part of it. It's like we take everything so personal. Everything's a personal attack, Mm. It's saying someone doesn't like me. Um, someone is not for me. Well, that's not true. You know, like when I'm in that group. According of, to your standards. According to my standards, I don't know. And But, you know, when I'm in that group and we're being very, you know, blunt and honest with each other about, you know, not only confession of our own sins, but about things we see in church lives, like that's not personal mm. to me. Now, I'm not going to lie, I take it pretty personally immediately. Like the first reaction. For almost all of us is to get defensive right we take it personally like I get that that's like the normal natural reaction mm. but if we can breathe for a little bit or maybe we just have to you know step away from it conversation long enough
0: I think we can see that that person's not attacking me the person loves me enough to speak truth to me so you're only actually like okay with the people in that group about halfway through your meeting when everyone <laughs> has has a uh, Said, you know what, with the thing you said last week, that was that was pretty right, and I've been seeing it myself. Yeah. And then you all shake hands yes. and fist bump or whatever. Right, right. And then they go, Okay, what else we got for each other? And then you just are mad at them until next time. Thankfully it's not quite that way. I mean it Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, it's not like every week we're just destroying <laughs> one another. So I don't want to come across that way. Um, I'm just saying it's a space for that to happen. Mm. That's all I'm saying. And so uh, I think that that's one of the like when when I'm told that I'm being intolerant or when I'm being judgmental, what they're also saying is that I'm being unloving and unkind, right and that i i am i i am attacking them as a person mm. somehow somehow we've got to get to a point to where we can see that everything's not an attack against your personhood right that we can say things we can disagree on things without it coming without it being judgmental
0: mm.
1: without it being viewed as intolerant or that i don't like you and i think that's like, that's part of probably the deeper issue in all of this is how personal everyone takes. I mean, if I'm being honest, about everything today. I mean, we we are we take most everything pretty personally mm. in our society. We've got to be able to develop a little thicker skin and see that it's not, not everything's a personal attack. Mm. Like, I can't disagree with you. You can disagree with me. Like, you can disagree with me, and I don't have to take it personally. You can disagree with me. I don't have to sit there and go, well, they don't like me anymore, right? Mm. No, like, we disagree. And I think that's maybe some of, the, some of the issue that's underlying the idea of judginess or, you know, not being tolerant. Again, it's just how personal we all take everything.
0: The only way for Christians to, in order to not sound judgmental, is always uh, speaking truth in love.
1: Yeah, and I mean we're we're called to speak truth in love. That's pretty clear according to Ephesians four. But just don't do it all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like we're like we're, we're not we're not the sin police, right? Right. It's not our job to walk around and just look for sin everywhere, right? And I, and so I hope it's not coming across that way. Like we don't we're not like sin police, like walking around. But like if there's things like we're that it's obvious that you're struggling with, or that you know, like hey, we we want to. We want to, as Paul says, bear with you and and see you become whole, see who you mm-hmm. be created to be. But I, but I think to be honest with you, Nate, I think sometimes it doesn't matter how we how how loving we are in speaking truth, it still comes out or still received by some people as judgmental or intolerant.
0: Okay, so what do those people? What would you say to what like what would you tell those people? I would tell them that
1: I'm not attacking them just because from the pulpit, just because I, I'm speaking about whatever passage of scripture I'm speaking on. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I am not attacking you personally. I am not telling you that I don't like you, that you're a, you know, an evil person.
0: Have people ever come up to you and been like, "Hey, I know why you did that sermon this morning. It was directed at me." And
1: yes, okay, that has actually happened. Okay,
0: where it wasn't even on my radar. Right, and yeah, and and but you know, usually after
1: you talk with talk with people, they settle down. I believe that if you've been in in a church long enough, develop these relationships, mm-hmm. you probably don't take things quite as personally. Okay, but I think that let's say you're new to a congregation, you're probably more sensitive to things. Because you don't know the people mm. as well around you, and maybe you feel like that pastor is specifically targeting me, or someone stood up and said something, oh, they must
0: know this about me. I feel like I've always felt that way, <laughs> mm. like new to the church <laughs> and didn't really belong. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, it's like all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I think and I think we have to find a—so as a pastor, I would say we, we don't take things so personally. Get to know okay. people. Get into a relationship with people. And and I even had a pastor tell me this one time, like, I can't worry about everything that everyone's saying, right? Right.
0: I need to be concerned about the people that are... Because sometimes people are speaking truth in love and they have no idea what they're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. and Or sometimes... <laughs> and it's not even truth. Yeah. It's just... Or, or sometimes... They're stupid. Right. Or sometimes... <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not even truth in love. or And, and sometimes... People are just projecting things on you that they're dealing with themselves or whatever it may be. Or I remind them, this has happened before, I've reminded them of someone in their past they don't like. And they assumed that I was committing some of the same sins as that person. Right? That's happened before. Okay. And Or I must have the same behaviors or pride or whatever as that other person because I'm somewhat similar to that other person. Like, that stuff's happened before. I think, though, that we the people that we're in relationship with, when they're able to speak truth and love to us, we hear it, mm. right? I have several men in my life that when they say things to me, I really receive it. Um, again, I'm not saying a, there's not that moment of defensiveness and that kind of stuff, mm. or a day or two of defensiveness it doesn't necessarily just be just a moment, but, but I do receive it and think on it and contemplate it. And so I would just I guess ask people to get in relationship with people, get to know the people in the church, not take things quite so personally and, and through that journey as you're getting to know people.
0: So come to church and get to know people and peace and joy and Yeah, man. Flowers and Yeah, I mean, I don't want
1: to go too hippie on us, but okay. yeah, you know okay. Yeah.
0: I, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, yeah, get
1: to know people, be in a relationship. And I think from that context can can come our maturing or our being mm-hmm. transformed in the likeness of Christ.
0: Have you judged people before? Sure. I'm, I'm not talking about you just being an intolerant bigot, <laughs> but <laughs> have you done the 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 actual not good kind of judgment before towards people? What do you mean? Like, spoken truth, not lovingly. Uh, to people? Yes.
1: Yeah, man, I've done that. Okay. Yeah. I've, in other words, have I been a jerk? Yeah. Yeah, I've been a jerk.
0: Okay. What'd you do? <laughs> um
1: yeah so i mean i got this one example and i won't give too much context of it but let's just say I, I just there was this one time and i mean i i really lent, just completely just lent into this individual because of a recurring pattern uh in their life and i just was done i was so over it and it was affecting other people um and I man I was just in the church in the church okay and I was just done with it and it had been addressed before and nothing had ever been really done about it that kind of thing and I absolutely just lost my cool with them spoke really I mean it wasn't just like there's one way of speaking directly to people but I I think I crossed the line and where I wasn't just direct I was overly harsh mm. and I have gone back and uh, apologized and you know like reconcile with this person You're like we're cool but uh, yeah I, and, it was, and it was you know and i think sometimes too even as a pastor when you become really familiar connected with certain people you know this is someone i had known for a long time mm. i had seen this pattern repeat itself and i was just i just reached my kind of tipping point if you were mm. um and i didn't handle it real well and so and i know there's other examples i'm just not thinking off the top of my head where i just I wasn't loving in speaking that which was truth. Like this person absolutely needed to deal with this pattern of attitude and behavior in their life, right? Like mm. they absolutely had to deal with it. But the way that I addressed it, I addressed them, I I, I responded in the moment of emotion. Mm. And I should have <laughs> and I've learned this, let the emotion die down in myself, give myself 24 hours go back to that person probably would have spoken very directly to them but it wouldn't have been harsh mm. and and so yeah so i mean i've i've definitely done that before and it's not something i'm proud of by any means
0: what do you tell how do you get the church to stop doing this to stop being judgmental judgmental like i guess we just talked about all the all the ways right everything but like what would you tell a congregation i guess okay or or and also slash and or, how would you approach someone who is doing this? <laughs> I guess in the um, way that we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're being judgmental.
1: <laughs> yeah. Basically, how do I how do I uh, judgmentally judge someone right. for being judgmental? Right. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. So <laughs> to answer the first part of your question. Like, if I'm speaking to a congregation mm-hmm. about this, I think I would go through the passages that I just read. Okay. I would I would go through the, you know, Matthew 18, mm-hmm. the First Corinthians 5, and the Galatians 6. And... Therefore,
0: the Johnsons, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No.
1: Um, <laughs> but I would go... I would... Walk through the passages and just help the congregation to understand that there is a way to speak to people in truth and in love simultaneously, mm-hmm. right? That confrontation doesn't have to be this unnecessary conflict. Okay. You know, that when I'm talking to someone, I know that I've got to address something with them. Mm-hmm. Again, whether their attitude or whether their action, there's a way to talk about it. So yeah, so I'd walk through the passages, and then I'd, and then I would, I'd, I'd probably just give stories and examples okay. of ways to of ways that are not healthy mm-hmm. and ways that are healthy. I mean, I did this recently with someone, like where I had to have a conversation with someone, and it was clear that their like th- their attitude, like it's like a, it's like a snippiness, you know, mm-hmm. was just it was causing conflict with several people. Mm-hmm. And they were always in the center of it. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> and, so, and so. Okay. Right. But I also knew some things that were going on in their personal life, and so I sat down with them and I said, "All right." Instead of just even addressing the attitude of what I'd seen, I, was, I asked, "How are you doing?" With and I, and I kind of went into things that I knew was going on. Mm. They just broke down crying, and and we walked as we walked through that conversation. We were able to talk about: Do you realize the way it's coming across? Like, do you realize that you're kind of lashing out at some people? Like, I know you're angry, and I know you're mad, but it's now it's affecting people that you love, or that people or people that you know. Mm. And they even acknowledged that they they knew that that was happening, but they were so afraid of of any kind of conflict, they didn't even want to go back to those people. Mm. So I even apologize. Like it was kind of a, a and so like, we talked about how to help you like go through there. But my point being is it, it would have just been easy for me just to come down hard on this person and just be like, get your act together.
0: Does that work sometimes though? Sometimes it does.
1: Okay. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it's like, Hey, you got to look at this. In the, like you got to get real about this. Mm. Um, so sometimes the direct approach is necessary, mm. but I, I had a feeling that this was more symptomatic of what was going on in this individual's life, in this particular season of life, mm. than who they were as a person, you know, kind of the totality of their life. But I was able to kind of help them learn how to go back to people and say, I'm sorry. Mm. And even deal with, like, in conflict, like, in a conflict situation, go back and say, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. And this is what you said that kind of set me off. Um, but I'm sorry for the way I reacted. But I genuinely was hurt by it, or I was upset by it. Mm. And I'm not necessarily saying I'm in the right. It's just the way I felt. And I, but I lashed out. And can we talk about not just my lashing out, but kind of talk about what was said? Mm. And like that was like a huge step for this person learning how to deal with conflict. So my point being is like, like, I understand people are way more complex and are are more than just the sum of a few instances, and that we have to be, as a pastor, I'm trying to be attentive to the what's going on in their whole life, right? And try to pastor them well into truth of Jesus. And, but yeah, but there are times, like you said, I mean, there are times where I have also sat with people and just been like, just blunt and honest, mm. you know? I mean, I've done this with a married couple before, like, hey, y'all need t- to get it together, Like, individually, get it together. Like, you are not loving or respecting one another. And you need to own it and quit Mm. waiting for the other person to get fixed. You need to start loving and respecting one another. Mm. You know? And that worked. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like they just needed the wake-up call. Mm. But I also had been in a relationship with them for a long time. So it wasn't like I was some random pastor pulling them into my office, letting them have it. Mm. You know? But I do think that there is a time where you speak more directly, but... Again, gentleness and love still need to be there, even when I'm being direct. Mm. So, getting your second question about how do I talk to people who are being judging, right. you know, who are being overly judgmental? I think you just bring it to their attention. Like if it if it's becoming an issue, a mm. problem, like I, as a pastor, I'm hearing about it from several people, or I'm witnessing it myself. I'm going to sit them down and just talk to them about it.
0: Mm.
1: I had a pastor that was in that gave me one of the best pieces of advice. And he just told me, Joseph, you don't have to be the Holy Spirit for people. Okay. Allow space and time for the Holy Spirit to work things out in people.
0: Okay. And
1: that's the counsel I would pass on to somebody else. You don't have to be the sin police or the the Holy Spirit for everybody. Mm. Trust the Holy Spirit enough that you can trust him, that he's working in the lives of people. Mm. And maybe there's something that you see that's bothering you. So maybe you see you see something that's bothering you, but it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to go directly to them and speak to them about it. You know, someone once told me discernment is never a license to act. And I think that's good counsel too. Like just because I see something or discern something in someone that, that man, they're acting this way. It doesn't mean I need to go act, to go act on that and mm. confront them about it. It's basically, okay, let me observe that for a while. Let me see if that's a uh, just a kind of blip on the radar for them or something that's going on for a while that I feel the Holy Spirit is telling me to go speak to them about it. I think I should be sensitive, but I would always counsel people to, if you're going to confront somebody, you better make sure you're doing it with love. And I have found, I will say this, I have had people in our church before, and it was like they were always coming to me, telling me about the sins of somebody
0: else. It was like constant. And then you went and told somebody else that they did that all the time. Right. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) And so after a while, you just realize, man, they're just, it's like they're just on the lookout for things. And a lot of times it's coming from the point of, they said this to me. They hurt me by this. Mm -hmm. Or I think they're going to hurt someone else by whatever it may be. And I realized that. It really, it's more of what's going on inside of them. Mm. And so then the conversation is, hey, did you notice, are you aware that you have come to me seven times in the last 10 weeks to tell me about the sin of somebody else? Scripture says, if we're going to deal with something in another person's eye, or if we're going to deal with sin in another person's life, we better be aware of our own sin.
0: So that when they say, well, you blah, 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 you're like, yeah, no." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I mean that's one part. of it well <laughs> <laughs> not just one of it yeah it's, I, I know um, so then it's that person of like oh, are you aware of what's of what's going on in your own life so I would again I'm pastoring this person into kind of that point of going becoming self-aware of what's happening in their own life. Again, I would counsel them if you don't this is not your job mm. to go around and tell people their sense. this is not your job. Um, it's not any of our jobs. Mm. And these things will come up as the Holy Spirit needs to deal with them. They'll happen in the context of a relationship with people that they're with. And we're going to give space and time for the Holy Spirit to transform their lives. And so, I mean, it's one thing if it's just like egregious stuff, you know, and but it's it's a whole other thing when you just start to kind of nitpick on things um, with people. And if it's just again, if it's just happening all the time from the same person, I don't know something going on in that person. So, let's figure out what that
0: is. New person covered in tattoos mm-hmm. and piercings. Mm-hmm. hand is still dripping wet. Mm-hmm. How should the church treat them? see brand new person, brand new person just coming into the church, just coming into the church, welcoming them okay that, that they should be they should feel welcomed. I mean, I'm not covered in tattoos, but I have piercings on my face, right. And I've walked into churches and people have come up to me and said, so glad you're here this morning. And I know exactly what they're doing, which is, oh, you know what I mean? Like, wow, what are they doing here? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I've been on, like, both sides of that. Okay. And I've been <laughs> at church when someone like that came in and someone came up to me when I was attending church and said, hey, uh, you should go say hi to them because you look like a sinner like they do. And so I've been on both ends of this. So right. like what happens? What should like, what, what, how how, do, how should we appropriately, how should we appropriately approach this? Yeah. I mean, I think honest,
1: like we just, we're just welcoming, we're inviting, we're just our, being ourselves. And like, I want individuals. We We've, I've told our congregation this recently, like we want this to be a place where anyone feels like they can walk in our doors. Mm. You know, like we, the unsaved, the, the unchurched, the de-churched, the individuals covered in tats and piercings, the whatever it may be. Right. Mm. When they come and they walk into the church, into our church, they need to feel like they're genuinely welcomed. Mm. You know, we have people that stand out front usually and greet people as they come in the door and they just need to, Say hello and thanks for coming to that person the same way they're going to say hello. Glad to see you to the person that's been here for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Make them feel welcome. You don't have to, you know, go overly cheesy on them or anything else, you know. Um, But just, hey, make them feel welcome. Invite them to lunch. Whatever. I don't think it's anything magical about it. Make sure we welcome people. Let's let's definitely make sure we don't shun anybody Mm -hmm. who's coming in the doors. Right, like that's the worst thing you could possibly do, and if and and if you feel uncomfortable around the way a certain person looks or dresses or whatever it may be, get over it.
0: <laughs> you know? that was going to be my next question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so I come in with all my piercings and my tattoos. Right. People are gonna act like this mm-hmm. because I know they're gonna because I've experienced it mm-hmm. at brand new churches that I've gone to. Okay. Which I never went back to. <laughs> uh, what do I do? How do I feel about that?
1: About well, the fact that people have done that to you.
0: No, I mean like I've got to get over that. Uh-huh. I guess. How do like? But that keeps happen to, happening to me, like literally everywhere that I go. Mm-hmm. So how do I get over that? How do I get over that hill? Right. <laughs> in my brain <laughs> I mean, and in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> in order to try to enjoy. Jesus
1: right well I mean I think some of it is so you're saying you're not being
0: shunned you just feel like the
1: welcome is kind of
0: fake I just yeah it comes across like hey I know I'm better than you uh does that make sense it, yeah
1: it hey you really need Jesus yeah I don't so need glad you're I, here. I don't need oh, you as much right
0: man <laughs> if you hadn't shown up this morning <laughs> only God knows what would have happened you know what I mean like that's right that's how well, I have I think, felt coming into place. I know,
1: but I think some people are genuine when they say those things.
0: Well, yeah, but that's. <laughs> in other words, I, they really I are. I know they're being genuine. <laughs> I mean, like
1: they really are glad you're there. But I understand you're feeling like.
0: But they're. But they're. They're, saying, they're, they're making assumptions about they're you. They're only saying that to me because of the way I look, look when I came in.
1: Right. Right and so not to not to the person right. that looks like they've got it all together and right. three kids exactly. and yes. yeah I got you and yeah I, I see what you're saying there uh, I think I think that's a in some ways it's like hard because I think there's a thought pattern in people's minds of individuals that look like you're describing mm-hmm. or like you maybe they've not been welcomed in churches we want to make sure they know they're welcomed here okay like. In other words, see, I've
0: never considered that.
1: Yeah, like maybe they've never, like maybe they've been shunned by other
0: churches. That's why they're at this one and I've never seen them before. Right. I know I've never seen, seen them, them before. before because they look insane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we want to, we, we, we genuinely are glad they're here. Right. And so I think, okay. I don't think it's always this fakeness.
0: See, um, I, I, yeah, it's cool to hear you think of that perspective because I've never thought of that perspective before. Yeah. All right. Keep going. I was having a good time. <laughs> And so I think that's, I think that's a huge part of it. And like, and then
1: to, and then to the, you know, to the, to the people that maybe you did encounter that and they were sitting there going, oh boy, you know what he, man, he really needs Jesus. Right. And, and maybe they are being judgmental in the way they're approaching it. Like, yeah, you just kind of got to forgive them and get over it. But I do think there's more than likely probably a, a genuineness in some people who are trying their best that they know how to reach out to make you feel welcome because they're concerned or afraid maybe he's not felt this welcome mm. somewhere else.
0: I just remember seeing, like, every eight-year-old running into whatever they were walking towards, staring at me like, I, what? <laughs> what, what, what. <laughs> why did they do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. I know. And, uh, and I, I get it. Like, I get it. And that's, uh, again, we were t- at the very beginning, we we're talking about stereotypes. Right. And, right. And, I, and we have to find a way to break through those stereotypes.
0: Well, this conversation has made me feel terrible. <laughs> I'm genuinely sorry about that. Because I don't know why. I continue to come here and sit across from an intolerant bigot.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. You intolerant bigot you. (laughs) Sorry, that's the way you identify me. (laughs) And now I feel very judged. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why I'm sitting across from someone who's judging me so harshly.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. Well, this has been the When I Heard This Podcast. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Rumble. We have a Patreon. There's a $5 tier on there. And every bit of money that we get from that, we will be using to push the podcast out on social media so we can reach more people. Follow updates on the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast. Wherever you listen to, make sure you subscribe and like videos and, you know, click all the little buttons around the, the screen because that helps us. Just not the 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 down arrow thumb thing. That would not help. And then you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Nate Robinsoff, And you can follow Joseph on Instagram at Rev Jyoti. This has been the one I heard this podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.